Welcome to the conversation at airsafe.com. I'm your host, Todd Curtis. Today's episode features a July 23, 2014 interview I had on radio station KIQI in the San Francisco area. We discussed three events, primarily the crash of Malaysia Airlines Flight 17, as well as the crash of Malaysia Airlines Flight 370, and the July 22nd decision by the FAA to ban U.S. airlines from flying to Ben-Gurion Airport in Israel due to rocket attacks. This interview was conducted in both English and Spanish. Pero nos vamos inmediatamente a Isabel con Todd Curtis. Él había estado con nosotros en el pasado. Platícame, él es experto en aviación. Así es, Marcos. Él había estado nosotros cuando estuvimos hablando del aeronave de Malaysia 370. ¿Te acuerdas que todavía no se ha encontrado? Todavía sigue ese misterio. Ahora vamos a hablar sobre el vuelo 17, el que fue derivado hace unos días atrás. Mr. Todd Curtis, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being with us. You are an aviation expert, and you also have a company named AirSafe, correct? AirSafe.com? That's correct. Now, Mr. Curtis, uh, we've spoken to you in the past, obviously, about Flight uh, 370, Malaysia Airline Flight 370 that disappeared, and we still don't know where that is. We don't know what happened. And now we have Flight number 17, Malaysia Airline number 17, a 777 that was shot down. Uh, estamos hablando ahora del vuelo número 17 de Malaysia Airlines, un avión del 777 que fue derivado del cielo. And I wanted to ask you, Mr. Curtis, what do we know about the investigation so far? Is this in investigation going to be more difficult than most? Le estoy preguntando acerca de esta investigación y si esta investigación va a ser mucho pero muy difícil. It's going to be more difficult than most for two reasons. First, there was a delay of about three or four days before there was any serious investigation. Mm -hmm. And second, the country where it occurred, there's unrest and there's a civil war going on. So it's difficult to do a normal investigation because of the potential for violence. Dice que va a ser mucho más difícil esta investigación, primeramente porque tardaron tres o cuatro días antes de ni siquiera llegar al sitio para empezar la investigación, y dos, porque en esta área en particular, en este momento, hay una guerra civil. So, what do we know so far? ¿Qué es lo que sabemos hasta ahora? Based on evidence from the crash itself, from videos and photos that were taken, and based on other information, it's very clear that this was what they call an in-flight breakup. The plane broke up in the middle of the sky. Mm. Dice que lo que sabemos hasta este momento, basado en evidencia y basado en fotos, otro tipo de evidencia, sabemos que este avión básicamente se rompió en el medio del aire. O sea, un in-flight breakup es el nombre que le dan a esto. Now, what happens during an in-flight breakup? Is that just means that the, the flight just falls into pieces? Well, based on some other evidence, it seems fairly clear that it was attacked by a missile. And the missile... Uh, when it exploded, it did two things. It put possibly hundreds of holes in the aircraft, damaging all kinds of aircraft systems. And the blast wave might have caused some of the structure to break off. Mm, dice que la evidencia muestra que fue pegado por un misil y cuando explotó causó cientos de agujeros en el misil y destruyendo así básicamente la aeronave. Now, why was this airplane flying... Um, First of all, I understand it was 33,000 miles up in the air, uh, feet, uh, feet, 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 I'm sorry, in the air, and, and, and in a war zone. Is this typical? Is this only Malaysia Airlines that was flying that route, or was all airlines flying that route? Estoy preguntando por qué es que este avión estaba volando en un área donde hay una guerra y, y, y volando a, a 33,000 eh, eh, pies, millas, en un área donde hay una guerra. 
This is one of the things that will have to be investigated. The Air Traffic Control Authority, an organization called Eurocontrol, actually allowed several dozen aircraft to fly in that same area. They determined there was some hazards nearby, but if airplanes flew above 32,000 feet, they would be out of the hazard area. Okay, dice que esto va a, ser, va a tener que ser investigado, que hay una, una organización que se llama Eurocontrol, que hizo la determinación que si estaban volando a 32,000 pies de, de altura. altura, entonces estaban a salvo. Y que sí, que había como una docena de aerolíneas que estaban volando sobre esta área. So, let's talk about who might have brought it down. Obviously, it is understood that it was uh, rebels, pro-Russia rebels. Uh, I think it is also understood that only those people would have that type of technology to bring down a flight of that fashion. They had control of the area where it exploded, and you, like you say, three or four days before anybody practically was allowed in, they apparently took the black boxes. And that's where my question is, what can we learn from the black boxes, and can the contents of that be changed by them having disappeared for a few days. Y le pregunto, le digo, damas y caballeros, que obviamente se cree que los rebeldes a favor de los rusos lo derribaron, eh, no pudieron entrar por tres o cuatro días para hacer una investigación. Ellos tenían posesión de la caja negra. Y yo le pregunto, ¿qué se puede encontrar en la caja negra? Y si se puede cambiar la caja negra eh, una vez que ellos la hayan encontrado quizás abierto. Let me answer your second question first. It is possible to change the data in the black boxes because it's stored electronically on various kinds of, of integrated circuit chips. But it would take a fairly sophisticated uh, person or organization to do that. And so far, there's no evidence that that happened. Primeramente nos contesta la última pregunta diciéndonos que sí se puede cambiar una caja negra porque eh, lo que tiene adentro es electrónica, o sea, información electrónica. Y sí se puede hacer, pero se requiere eh, una persona con mucha sofisticación para poder cambiar eso. Go ahead, please. As to the first question, if it appears, as everyone around the investigation says, that this was struck by a missile, what the black box may tell us is what happened to the aircraft in the very last few seconds of flight. It's possible that after the missile exploded, that the aircraft might have been flying for a few seconds, even a minute or more, and the black box would tell us things like what systems were damaged and what words were spoken by the pilots, whether the pilots knew there was something coming toward them, for one, and second, what they understood about the airplane once the explosion happened. Bueno, dice que si fue de, realmente impactado por un misil, que es lo que uno está suponiendo en este momento, es que quieren saber, eh, la caja negra va a decir qué fue lo que pasó en los últimos momentos de vuelo, qué fue la conversación entre los pilotos, qué es lo que los pilotos supieron en esos últimos momentos. Y que si sabían específicamente si es que algo venía eh, a, a golpearlos a ellos, o sea, lo, todos los detalles, los últimos detalles de esta, de esta, de, de este vuelo. What else is important that we should inform our vast audience? about qué otras cosas son importantes que nuestra audiencia debe de saber. I think what's shaping to be the most important aspect of this of this investigation is the decisions that were made by the airline and by the air traffic control authority. They it seems that they should have known more about the hazards that were happening in that area and it's uh, a mystery to me why that wasn't communicated to the airlines. Mm. Dice que es muy importante saber ahora sobre las decisiones que se hizo que hizo Malaysia Airlines para empezar y también sobre los controladores del aire sabiendo los peligros que se encontraban en esa área. Do you think, Mr. Curtis, that Malaysia Airlines is going to survive? I think it will. Uh, the biggest reason being it's mostly owned by the Malaysian government 
and they have the resources to support this airline even if uh, passengers stop flying temporarily. Wow, dice, le estoy preguntando si Malaysia Airlines va a poder sobrevivir esto y dice que él cree que sí porque el gobierno de Malaysia es el que controla esta aerolínea y aunque la gente deje de volar, ellos van a tener los recursos para seguir. So, in conclusion, let's talk a little, just a moment about Flight 370, el vuelo 370 que desapareció. Is that going to remain a mystery forever, do you think? Le estoy preguntando si ese vuelo 370 va a mantenerse un misterio para siempre. I don't think so. Once the black box black boxes and the wreckage is discovered, there's probably going to be a lot of evidence as to what happened. The only thing that may delay that is finding the black boxes. Right now, it's at the bottom of the, of, of the ocean in an area that has not been charted, an area that's the size of the country of Norway. Wow. Dice que no cree que, que esto se siga siendo un misterio por el resto de la vida. Una vez que se encuentren estas cajas negras, se sabrá qué fue lo que pasó con este vuelo número 370, pero que en este momento está debajo del mar en un área tan grande como Norway. Well, let's, uh, I'm just, just going to ask you one last question uh, having to do with another situation that's happening, and that is Israel. Flights canceled into Israel's Ben Gurion International Airport as rocket falls nearby. Obviously, it's been reopened. Uh, who makes that order? Is it the FAA? Uh, y muy interesante, damas y caballeros, que como ustedes saben saber, llegaron algunos uh, misiles del de, uh, lado de Gaza de los palestinos precisamente al aeropuerto Gurion Internacional eh, en Israel y lo cerraron y le pregunto yo que quién hace la decisión de cerrar un aeropuerto de esa manera There are two organizations that would make that kind of decision. One of them would be the organization that controls Ben Gurion Airport. They obviously said planes can fly. The other organization is the FAA because the FAA gives permission to US airlines to fly overseas. And once the FAA said you can't fly there, those planes had to turn back. Sir, you do not know how valuable your information is. Thank you very much for being on the program. Oh, thank you for having me. Dr. Todd Curtis, if someone wants to learn more about your AirSafe organization, what do they need to do? Uh, go to the web to airsafe.com and you'll find a lot of information, including podcasts, videos, and other information about safety and security. Perfecto, si usted se mete al internet airsafe.com para, para aprender acerca de muchas cosas en lo que va de la aviación. Thank you so much, Mr. Curtis. Oh, thank you again. Okay, bye bye. Bueno, pues damas y caballeros, le pregunto, ¿verdad?, que quién es el que hace las decisiones de cerrar un aeropuerto. Él me dice que el FAA, que tiene control sobre precisamente todos los aviones norteamericanos, si le dice a los aviones norteamericanos que ya no que ya no vuelen, pues prácticamente están cerrados, pero que sí hay internacionales eh, organizaciones que dicen cancelemos esto. ¿Por qué? Porque pues había un, unos, eh, unos misiles que cayeron, obviamente, muy cerca de ese aeropuerto. Eh, obviamente, estaremos hablando sobre esa crisis por allá. For more information about the two Malaysia Airlines events, please visit 777.airsafe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.